0: Well hello, welcome to Sunday Encore, where we have candid conversations about the practical applications of Sunday's message. Well, hey, we're back for another episode of Sunday Encore where we sit down to recall the truths of Sunday's message and consider some practical applications to our everyday lives. Hey, if you are listening to this and you are an avid Sunday Encore listener, I'd love to encourage you to share, like, subscribe, send this link to someone who could be encouraged with the message of Jesus today. It would greatly help us out. We're excited to have a conversation today. As always, I am Spencer, and I've got my wonderful co-host,
1: Adam, and we are ready to go. Here we go. Here we happy, go. Happy Monday to everybody. Sun is shining. Sun is shining. Cardin. It's beautiful doesn't happen too
0: often no it really doesn't they call it gray county for a reason but
1: i wonder if that's the reason i
0: really hope it is because that's a joke that i've said
1: too many times it does feel like that but when the sun comes out and it's february what is it today the february the 12th the sun is shining feels like there's like me. no snow on the ground it doesn't it doesn't feel right glory to god something doesn't feel right but anyway we are here we are here and uh great grateful you're listening thanks yeah. for thanks for listening with us yeah. we're you know, it's been a fun journey. I'm enjoying it. I hope it's beneficial to you. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing it. I well, like it. Me too.
0: We real At the end of the day, we're going to do it for us.
1: I actually really enjoy these conversations. <laughs> I feel like, you know, the, the podcast is about 30 minutes, yeah, give or take. A little less than that, maybe. Yeah. Sometimes more. No, we never really more than 30. No. 20 minutes. Yeah. That's our goal. But we we probably sit here for an hour around this table it, talking. Yeah, before, I end before after. and after. Before and after. We do enjoy it. Anyway. Yeah, amazing. We are in... Our series family values. Family values. Discussing going back going back to the ancient paths. Take it back. Taking back to the ancient paths. Back. And just learning that hey, we've we that don't need a more, great scripture. We don't I need more that. laws. Yeah. We just need to go back to the ancient paths. You know, mm-hmm. we need to, you know, when, when you're standing at the crossroads, look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is, is Jeremiah six tells us. And walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. So good and you know i think when we think about our world and we can, especially when it comes to relationships you know a lot of us are filled with worry and weariness mm-hmm. and anxiety and stress i mean it's the number one cause of any of those things right it's like hey how do we how do we get how do we find rest for our souls let's go back to the ancient path mm-hmm. go back to the values that that god established for relationships and this is really the kind of the, the thesis statement of relationships is if we want you know if we want our relationships to work then we have to let the one who designed relationships than define them yeah absolutely just go back to how god has created it and i was kind of told a story i think it 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 resonates is this idea of the waves you know we're on concard and the waves coming in waves never come in straight on to the beach they always Mm -hmm. come a little bit sideways um but when you're out there playing in the water my i remember my family moved here a couple years ago it was september so the waves were getting a little bit bigger at the time we're out there body surfing and just enjoying the lake and you know without with very little time, maybe 15, 20 minutes, we realized that we had drifted, you know, 50, 20, like 20, 50 yards away from where we mm-hmm. were kind of started, where yeah, Wendy yeah, was yeah. on the beach. And just kind of understand, like not even noticing that, but just the waves just sort of took us that way. Yeah. And just kind of culture does that. I think life and culture without intentionality, but on our, like we're not intentionally trying to drift, but with just the way that culture defines relationships and values relationships we sort of assume some of those into our thinking into our practices and we just drift we just drift and Absolutely. so sometimes we have to kind of get up and we have to walk back and kind of even as I was telling the story I was it just hit me but you know when you're walking back in the water <laughs> towards where you want to go against the tide mm-hmm. like you had a, it's an intentional thing like mm-hmm. you have you're pushing against yeah you know it's work what, yeah it's work yeah. it doesn't feel natural It feels natural just to go with the flow but I think God's calling us to live this countercultural kingdom. The kingdom of God is countercultural to this world, and so how do we walk against that? And so we've been just talking about the kind of relationships that God wants to have mm-hmm. for us. And so you know we understand that there's there's a feeling based reality that we just want to walk in our feelings and do what feels good. But then we really that's really not where any nothing healthy comes out of feelings based.
0: That's what Jesus says. If it feels good, do it. <laughs> <laughs> In a, in just kidding. The, in the book
1: of nonsense.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Second Hezekiah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, but how many of us do that? We like it just feels right, you know? And uh, we're, no, we have to make values based decisions. And so every one of us have to come to the reality when it comes to relationships. Are we going to do what I think is right or what God thinks is right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I know, you know, every 20, 21 year old out there knows what's right, oh. and and they they know exactly what they need to do. I sure did, right? For sure, I did too. I I I, I went into my twenties just thinking I got this all figured out. Yeah, only to realize, <laughs> whoopsie, <laughs> I did not have it all figured out. But uh, there's a way that appears right to the, the right. That's what Proverbs tells us, but and leads to death. Yep. And so again, we want to get off that road. We want to get on the road that God has for our life. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we, we discussed yesterday, again, we're just doing a little recap, and then we'll kind of talk in about this one part, but this idea that my relationship with God is inseparable from my relationship with people. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I can't ask how my relationship with God is going until, but without asking how my relationship with his people are going, because mm-hmm. how I treat his people is a reflection of my relationship with God, and, and, you know, it really, how I love people is, or how I love God is by how I love his people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I demonstrate my love for him, and so... Yeah. These two things are inseparable, and Jesus tells us this is the greatest command, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and which is, it's it's disconnected. It, and the
0: other one is like is this. Is like this one, it's just to says. love the neighbor
1: as yourself. Exactly. These are two connected, they're, in, they're inseparable. Yeah. And so we have to allow ourselves to say, hey, how I grow my relationship with others is really the overflow mm-hmm. effect of how I grow my relationship mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of reads to this idea of working in this sense of community, and as I was praying about it and thinking about it this week, I just realized, and even in my own life, as I self evaluated, what the things that caused me to move out of community, the things that caused me to be to be independent in my faith, mm-hmm. right? To the things that allow me to believe that I could have this kind of solo faith journey, mm-hmm. you know. And I know, I know, there's a lot of people that you know, maybe it's they're in it right now or have been in that season where it's like it would just be better if it was just me and God like I don't need the church, I don't need the, I don't need the hassle. I don't need the relationships. It's just me and God, I got his word, I got prayer. You know, I'm good. And we realize that that's just that's not at all the gospel. That's not at all the plan that God has for nope. you. But the thing that moves us from that moment of community with others for a lot of times is offense and unforgiveness. Right? It's people, I mean, we all been there. We hurt people. Hurt people, mm-hmm. right? We we are sometimes we're the casualty of broken relationships. We're mm-hmm. the casualty of hurt, and uh, and that hurt hurts, and it, and it causes a separation. And what I've discovered, and I'm speaking personally, but I know this is trans. I I believe this transcends to other people. I believe we're all in the same boat, in some way or another. Is that when I'm when I don't allow that hurt to be resolved and I don't allow that hurt to be healed, and I don't allow the unforgiveness to be surrendered back to God, Mm -hmm. then what I end up doing is I end up insulating myself Mm -hmm. to say this will never happen again. Mm -hmm. right? So my insulation, I insulate myself, and so I I just say I'm never going to be hurt again. I'm never going to be vulnerable again. I'm Mm -hmm. never going to let anybody in again. I'm never going to trust anybody again. And as we do that and the more we do that, the insulation over time begins to isolate ourselves. So we end up pulling away from community. We end up yeah. pulling away from relationships that are going to challenge us or con- conf- conflict with our feelings or convict us somehow. You know, we want it, We're insulating ourselves, and we, then we isolate ourselves. And then what happens over time is then we start getting angry at the church or the people of God because nobody comes calling anymore. Nobody right. comes knocking anymore. No one cares for me anymore. And we ended up just becoming self-fulfilling prophets in this idea that, yeah, nobody cares because you've separated yourself from everybody. You've hidden, you've you've insulated yourself, you don't want to get hurt, you don't wanna be vulnerable. Well, you've just pulled yourself away from everybody. So no wonder no one's coming and no one's knocking. And I don't know if you've seen this in your journey, but it's just this idea of like, okay, I have this hurt, I have this offense. Yeah. And instead of dealing with it. I'm going to kind of bury it, and then I'm insulate myself from this never happening again. And I think this is the plan. I think this is a tactic that the enemy has to yeah. divide people from each other, and ultimately from God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, we understand that God's sole purpose is to unite people back to Himself and to one another. Yeah. The enemy's sole purpose is to divide us from one another and, and the presence of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is a way of doing that. He uses hurt, he uses offense, he uses yeah, yeah, unforgiveness. Yeah. And then our response to that, he even uses, mm-hmm. to further divide us from God. And so we, we we kind of been saying this this independent living, or independence rather, isn't a kingdom value, mm-hmm. but that actually interdependence is mm-hmm. the kingdom value of a united people. Like, mm-hmm. how do we be interdependent? And I think, you know, if we can be visual for a second, allow us to yeah. think, like, when I'm dependent on something, mm-hmm. it means I'm putting my full weight up on them, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. like a crutch. Yeah, like the chair I'm sitting, like on. the chair you're sitting on. You're leaning on it. You're yeah. putting your full weight upon it. And sometimes we do that in relationships where I'm putting my full weight on the other person in my relationship. That they, yeah. you know, even that line that Jeremy choir, you complete me. You know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah like no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. You don't complete. I'm not putting my full weight on you. Totally. You know, um. So we are not called to be dependent. We don't want dependent, dependent relationships. Mm-hmm. They're a burden. Let's be honest. If you've been in a dependent relationship, it's a burden because yeah. you feel the, you feel a weight of that person leaning on you that you are just unable to carry mm-hmm. emotionally you know like I'm not talking physically here. I'm not, the, the emotional no, way yeah definitely of just like too. we weren't made to we weren't made to carry that we are called to be dependent on Christ alone yeah right so we lean in on Christ and so to be independent is to be I'm, I'm standing on my own yeah. which sounds like a beautiful va- value and maybe in some ways it is when it comes to like our physical maturity you know totally being independent yeah 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 but when it comes to the kingdom mentality, no, we don't want to be isolated. We don't want to be alone, but we also don't want to be dependent upon the pastor or my small group leader mm-hmm. or my spouse or my spiritual health. We're called to be independent. And so independent happens when we stand side by side. Interdependent. Interdependent. Yeah, yeah sorry. Standing side by side. So yeah. to me, the best picture is, you know, a husband and wife standing side by side, pursuing a dependent relationship on Christ individually, mm-hmm. but doing it hand in hand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's like the triangle. If you see the husband and wife at the bottom of the triangle yeah, yeah, yeah. work and they pursuing a relationship with Jesus at the top of the triangle, not only are they growing closer to Christ, but they're growing closer to one another at the same time. And I think that's the view, this view that we have, that with this independent, interdependent relationship. where We are connected together. And so, you know, this is a journey, but the, the, the journey starts with that idea of forgiving people. And allowing the hurts that come into our life to be surrendered to god yep and uh that is easier said than done true facts right so i think for us the thing that i want our people to realize and just for myself as i continue to navigate this is that this isn't something we win no there's no arrival here there's no arrival this is something we got to work we work out we work through regularly
0: i heard someone say i think this week or last week the church is perfect. And then you add people. <laughs>
1: yeah, Until you show up. There might be a perfect church. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect church, people say, right? No, the church. Oh, yeah, the yeah.
0: The church like, is perfect.
1: The idea. Yeah.
0: What God created as the church is perfect. And then people showed up. <laughs> people showed up. Yeah. And then it's just the reality is you and I are going to offend somebody. And someone's going to offend not us. Not me. Yep. Believe it or not. Intentionally or unintentionally, yeah. and it is therefore our responsibility mm. as recipients of God's forgiveness and grace to therefore extend that forgiveness Absolutely. and grace to others. So you had a really great pathway of how to actually practically walk through this, which was beautiful. Why don't you kind of yeah? Take so us we basically
1: you got to start with the idea though that Peter Peter has this moment with Jesus where he's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, "Hey God." We just a little powwow. I'm just gonna I'm gonna atomize this a little bit. He's like, hey, let's have a little chat. I've been giving it some thought. <laughs> so I've been thinking. <laughs> I've been thinking. I got this issue. I got this issue with somebody. How many times am I supposed to forgive this person? And I love how Peter throws out a number. <laughs> I love this. You know? He throws out a number and he's like, he's like, obviously it's more than once. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously I gotta Naturally. do it. I gotta do it at least once. I get that. He said what? Seven times ta- but seven times. You know, about seven times. It's like once a week, you know, one day a week. I got a whole week here. One week of forgiveness. And I love how he drops it thinking he's proud of himself for even saying. <laughs> I can imagine. Jesus is going to think I'm Jesus, so spiritual. Like, so spiritual. And then Peter, Jesus says to Peter something like, oh, that's cute. You know, thanks for trying. <laughs> it's not seven times. It's how about 70 times seven times? Hello. Or, you know, like it's it says a lot of times. All it's, the time. It's times. not 77. Sometimes it's some translations say 77. Some translations say 70 times 7. But either way, it's more than 7. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus
0: is, what he's trying to communicate is every time.
1: Every time. This is, and I think what he's trying to communicate, and he doesn't say this specifically because this is, you know, he hasn't done the, he hasn't actually paid the price yet. But he's he's working up to the Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. He's like, I want you to forgive them as many times as I'm willing to forgive you. Yeah. And, like, there is no limit to God's grace. No. Like, and how many of us are so thankful? Like, I'm so thankful that there's no, like, oh, I hit my quota for the day. Totally. Like, I hit my quota for the week. You know, I have to live in this. No, no, no. Jesus, I forgive. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. And at the end of this, you know, he tells this beautiful story, this illustration of the master and the servant. And but at the end, how he tells them, he says, this is how my heavenly father would treat you unless you forgive your brother or your sister with your heart. Like He sets this expectation that if I've forgiven you with a lot, mm-hmm. then you then have to forgive those. And mm-hmm. honestly, what you're forgiving is minimal to what I've forgiven you of. Yeah. And if you can't even forgive the minimal after I've forgiven a lot, then why would I treat you any differently? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Jesus explicitly says, if you don't forgive... And the Father in heaven will not forgive you,
1: which is like period, and I know none of us like that because it doesn't feel good it't no. you know it doesn't fit into our cookie cutter picture of like who Jesus is, of course Jesus loves me, yeah, he does love you, but he still calls you to a high standard, yeah, you know, and I think that's the holiness of God that we forget sometimes about it's like no, 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 absolutely he loves you, yeah, he loves you as you are, man, I'm so grateful that Jesus loves me the while we was still a sinner, while I was still far away from God, he loved me. And he gave he for, he provided a, a pathway for me to receive forgiveness, uh-huh. and when I received that, but now he says now I need you to do act and live differently. Yeah,
0: the only reason he can love you the way he does, like that unconditionally, is because he's holy. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because he's holy. And then he says, "Be holy." So be separate.
1: Be separate. Be set apart. So he's calling us up. And this is the thing I think, again, all of us need to just remind ourselves as Christians. If we're called to follow Jesus, then we actually need to follow Jesus. <laughs> and if we are going to follow Jesus, it means our lives have to look different. Yeah, We can't respond the same way our unbelieving neighbor responds mm-hmm. to hurt and hardship. Mm-hmm. And yes, while the natural side of us wants to do that, mm-hmm. while the natural side of us wants to get revenge and get get even and even the odds and... The spirit of God in us needs to see things differently the way that Jesus sees us. Yeah, And we are called to live different. Yeah. And that and and Jesus tells us, like it isn't possible for sure, but without God all things are possible. Mm-hmm. I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength to yeah. do it. You can live by the fruit of the spirit. You can dwell on positive things. You can yeah. rejoice always. You can let gentleness be your guide. Totally. You can do these things with the presence of God, yeah. the spirit of God. So it's not by life.
0: willpower that we do these things. No. So it's not by willpower that I forgive. It's because the spirit of God produces these kinds of things in me.
1: Yeah. And so we we just kind of like Jesus taught about this in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Jesus really clearly outlined through the Sermon on the Mount, like how do you respond to hardships? How do you yeah. respond to those who hurt you? How do you respond to those who persecute you? And he gave us real three simple, well, not, I should say simple, three simple to <laughs> simple repeat. <and> <laughs> yeah, yes, simple in understanding, yes. Simple to repeat, hard in practice. But he said the first thing you need to do is you need to pray for them. You need to pray. You need to pray for your accuser, your offender. And I mean, I think right off the hop, that's a lot easier said than done. I love the Psalms. I love David. You know, David's Psalms are, the, are awesome. But as you read through them, you usually, they usually start with some sort of like. Yeah, they're so painful they're so and pain. agonizing. And he's, and he's so angry and he's like, God, I just want you to smite my enemy. Yeah. Or me. Or me. Yeah. <laughs> But it's you know it's full of frustration and hurt and anger. But as he prays through the psalm, you see that there's a tenderness that happens in his heart. And again, praying for your enemy or praying for those who hurt you or for those who offended you, intentionally or unintentionally, may not change them. Like it can't. We we God has the power to change them, Mm -hmm. but it may not change them. But what it will do is change you, yep. it changes your heart, and changes your perspective. Yep. And so it keeps your heart soft. And again, ultimately, forgiveness is a one way sport. Now we kind of skipped over this, but forgiveness is a one way sport. Mm-hmm. And meaning, it's about me and God. Reconciliation is a two way two man sport. Meaning, it takes two of us mutually yeah. working together. But you can't get to reconciliation until you first forgive. Yeah. So if I want to reconcile with, like, let's say you and I were in odds and you hurt me. Well, we can't reconcile our relationship until I've first forgiven you. No. It's after I've forgiven you that I'm in a position to reconcile. Yeah. If you are also in that same position. Exactly. And so but you
0: have to do your responsibility first. But I'm
1: responsible for the forgiveness part. Absolutely. And ultimately it's because I don't want my heart to get hard. Yeah. I want my heart soft. I want my heart to be tender. I want my heart to be healed and my relationship with God to be to be true. And so, Absolutely. so we need to pray for them. Jesus tells us, you've heard it said, love your net enemy. I mean, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what the old that's the old testament. But I'm telling you, love your enemies and pray for those who have persecuted you. So pray for those who hurt you. And persecution is a funny word that he's using because that's not like, oops, I didn't mean to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Like persecution is intentional. Mm-hmm. Like when when you're being persecuted, like when Paul was a when Saul. Was the you know leading the church and persecuting Mm -hmm. the church like he was going to Damascus intentionally to persecute the church like Mm -hmm. it's an intentional action, and he says even even those guys you got to pray for them Mm -hmm. you know not just the guy who hurt you you know through through a side comment I I didn't mean to do that, and so there's a we gotta we gotta pray. Secondly, we gotta bless them. And what does blessing mean? Well, blessing means I'm just choosing. I think in the most natural way is like I'm just choosing not to wish them harm. Like I'm just choosing to not speak negative words about them. Yeah. And that's... That's countercultural. So countercultural.
0: Yeah, when I... This is something that I've sat in for a long time, and I I mean, if you've been in ministry for all the five seconds, you've been offended. And um, this is something that took me a long time to kind of figure out how to walk through this process, but once I did, it was beautiful. But you can't remain... And this kind of blessing and praying kind of go in tandem with one another because in prayer, I've been taught to um, actually pray, like pray out loud blessing on that person that's offended Mm. me. Yeah. And I can speak from personal experience. It is literally impossible to remain in unforgiveness for a long period of time while you pray like that for somebody. Mm. I'm talking like, like asking God to move in their life as he's moved in mind, if not more. Mm. That he would like bless them with more favor in his spirit. Mm-hmm. That he would just grow in that whatever, you know, their context in that person's life. It is impossible to remain bitter if you genuinely pray like that. And it feels so fake at first. Totally. It does. It's like, and it hurts. Like actually it hurts your body. Like you know that like gut feeling where it's mm-hmm. like, I hate what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts. It sucks. But it the and to attest to what you were saying, the thing it does in you is insane. Yeah. It's insane. It it literally debilitates
1: the enemy's tactic and bait for you to remain um in that spot. Totally. Well, you're just shining light on it, right? Again, we know that the Satan lives in the secrecies and the shadows and the shame. Totally. And as soon as you can dawn light onto those areas of your heart and shine light on them is um it's maybe painful at first because you see all the <laughs> the junk. Yeah. Know? But it's that's when the healing begins to take place.
0: But it's hard too, because even when it comes to like revenge and and you know, repayment and stuff, because often we would want to pray, God, show them that they're wrong. You're right. God get get them give me justice. No, no. Bless them. Mm-hmm. God, pour your favor and blessing. Make your face shine. Like
1: pray those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. i will mess you up. Mess you up, and you can't. This is the thing I, I've discovered in my life is that this doesn't happen without me like having that personal growing relationship with Jesus. This is part of that growing relationship, yeah. That is the most unnatural thing you could with, possibly say, right? And so, we got to pray blessing. I mean, Jesus tells us, like, but I, you know, love your enemies. This is Luke's gospel, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the words of Jesus. Is you know, I mean, all scripture is inspired by God, we mm-hmm. know that all, all scripture. But when it's the red letters of Jesus it's like mm-hmm. hey take note you know mm-hmm. this is the words of Jesus telling him, hey you you i'm expecting you to be different mm-hmm. I'm expecting you as my followers as my disciples to be different mm-hmm. and so the third thing he says is you got to do good to them mm-hmm. you got to do good like you got to return like and he says a lot if they if, if he slaps you in the cheek turn the other cheek if he goes if you need if they ask you to go a mile go an extra mile if he asks for your cloak you're give him your tunic too like He's always challenging to the core of what you are owed and what what is mm. what is your rights. Like he's yeah he's I like that I know. like
0: just for viewer audience the quote the quotations
1: as rights. Yeah, I like that. That's so good. It's like no no no. You, you're, I'm calling you to be above that. Yeah. I'm calling you to live beyond that. And so, you know, he, Paul tells us this. You know, and again, this is Paul who's learned this lesson the hard way. He's been pers- persecuted more than any other Christian that we know, at least written down. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right, in the, not to, to do as careful in the right of everyone, if at a possible, as far as it depends on you to live at peace with everyone, understanding that there's certain things that are outside of your control. Mm-hmm. But do not take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath, for Israel and his mind to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, he says, this is the opposite. This is the upside down kingdom. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. For do not overcome evil, but do not be overcome by evil. Rather, but overcome evil with good. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of how do we just serve and do good to those mm-hmm. around us. And you know, this idea of heaping burning coals, cultural revel- revelation, relevance, revelation, or, or uh, reference point—that's the word I was looking for. Cultural reference. We're not talking about like you know burning them.
0: I've actually never understood that scripture. I really appreciated that.
1: Yeah. It's not time where like you're heaping burning coals on their head. It's this idea that in that culture, in many cultures, even still today, you know, like fire is everything. Yeah. It's like even watching Survivor, you know, it's like the sooner you get a fire, like the higher chances of survival, you know, yeah, it's like yeah. we need fire. That's the number one. And so a lot of times you would have these these coal pits, these fire pits that would constantly be burning, constantly. yeah. yeah, yeah. But whether it's through busyness or work through the day, or they're away, their their coals go out, so they're unable to stoke a fire back up at nighttime for their food. And so, by doing good for them, he says, even the basics of doing good is that taking coals from your fire, burning coals from your fire, and bringing it to their fire to, to spark fire back in, mm. and to serve them. It's in like to give time. life, almost. you're just giving life. Yeah. You're even just by doing good is like you're you're heaping coals on their on their on their fire. You're giving them life. And I just think it's like it's just a really basic principle of saying I want you to, to be okay yeah I want you to be Yeah, yeah yeah and uh, I'm here to help we're in this together and yeah. I and I think that that's just you know you don't overcome eat but over don't be overcome by evil saying hey you get what you deserve because how many of us would like to say that you know you made the bed you lie in it totally you get what you deserve man and and we just sort of use it as a justification and I'm just so thankful that God doesn't give us what we deserve right not none of us we don't want him to play fair like don't start don't start today Jesus yeah, I do
0: that with my kids all the time. It's not fair.
1: Don't play that game. of what's yeah. fair? Yeah, it's a I losing did, game.
0: I did not receive what was fair.
1: No, like and so like it, it, I mean, that's one Psalm 103, right? He does not treat us as our sins yes. so deserve, right? Like what a beautiful psalm. Like what a beautiful principle. I don't want fair, right? Oh. I don't want fair, and if, and none of us want fair. And so we gotta, we can't hold that. It, no, no, we gotta do what's right. Yeah, do what's right. And so, you know, what is being right? Being come. You know, Ephesians tells us being kind and compassionate, forgiving each other, just as Christ the Lord has forgiven us. That is what's right. Yeah. And so, how do we, what, when we talk about values, we're not talking about rules, we're not talking about laws, we're talking about the value of, of working this interdependent relationship that is fully dependent on God. Mm-hmm. This interdependent relationship with one another. Is fully dependent on God. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can't do anything. So you can't walk in the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, without me in your life of kindness and gentleness, faithfulness, you know, patience, long-suffering. All of these come through the fruit of the Spirit. But it's the ability to work together, hand in hand, moving toward a common goal, by living out a common purpose while mutually working through the hurdles and the hurts that are inevitable along the way yeah right we know offense is going to come we know hurts mm-hmm. are going to come like mm-hmm. this is part of the human experience but it's the mutual commitment to work through those things together quickly mm-hmm. so they don't become things that divide us absolutely and uh, and that is the call i mean that's the that's the value it's like what do it look like when we so we say as a value in our church we say hey we're better together mm-hmm. this is what we're talking about we're talking yeah. about this we're talking about this unified interdependent relationship where we are working together yeah 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 towards a common goal yeah yeah, yeah. you know with a common purpose, yeah, yeah, and I think it's so much
0: bigger than just showing up on Sunday and being in church together. Yeah, it's like no, we're a part of a family, we're a part of a body, we're a part of like the mission of God on the earth. And We're yeah. doing this together. We don't have time for these little things. No, we gotta we gotta keep close tabs yeah. on
1: them. And I think if we just can just name it, hey, we, we I know know that the devil's trying to divide us. Yeah, I just know he's trying to divide us. Yeah, and so when whenever we see division begin to lurk its little head. You know, let's just call it out, address it quickly, just ad- address it, call it out. Yeah. Hey, this is the work of the enemy. This is trying; he's trying to divide us, and we're going to work through this. How do we stay united? How do we pursue righteousness? How do I? Okay, where have I? I, I want to acknowledge where I've hurt you, and I, I you know, we're going to work through this together. And we're going to repent quickly, and and I think that's the that's my commitment. At least that's my commitment to all of us. That's my Yeah, commitment to my family, I want I want to be united. I don't want anything to divide us. That's, that's okay. good. <clears throat> but yeah, sorry, excuse me. So that's our commitment. Yeah, so we're gonna that. we're gonna continue to allow the one who defined us, uh who designed us to, de- to define our relationship and and ultimately understand. And there's this is the kind of the the kind of the closing thought is if you have been forgiven, mm-hmm. if you have received forgiveness, then you're called to forgive. Yeah. Because the forgiven, forgive. I mean, that's our call. That's it. And so if you're having a hard time with that, take a deep breath and ask the Spirit of God. To remind you of how much you've been forgiven mm-hmm. and to empower you to pray, to bless, and to do good mm. to those who've hurt you. Yeah. And maybe by God's grace, we'll be able to see those relationships reconciled.
0: Yeah. Again. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. I love it. Well, I hope this has been an encouragement to you today. Thank you for joining us. We pray this sparks Jesus-centered conversations in your home or small group as we continue to grow into an overflowing relationship with Jesus.